helpful. Hello again. Uh, it's been a while. And uh, when you're uh, out of state and watching a lot of baseball for a lot of hours during the day, um, it seems like it's been even longer than it has since we last talked to you. But this is another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. Uh, Drew and I are back from sunny San Diego. We spent sunny, hot San Diego. Yeah, hot uh, San Diego. Um, although we can't complain too much. It's, it's definitely hotter back in Texas. But uh, we're back. We spent a ton of time out at Area Code Games, uh, spent a lot of time at the upper class. And then uh, I saw, I think, three of the main days of the underclass before I took off and Drew um, hung around at the underclass a little bit longer. But uh, we're going to talk about the upper class event today, um, you know, focusing on those guys that are going to be seniors, spending a lot of time talking about the Texas Rangers team, which is a Texas collection of prospects, and then diving into a lot of those standouts from some of the, the other teams that were competing as well from other parts uh, of the country. But yeah, as Drew mentioned, uh, you know, I was kind of joking with with um, some scouts, you know, I was like, hey, I'm going to area code for the first time, you know, got any recommendations? What should I expect? And they're just like, oh, there's no shade like it's, you know, make sure you, you get sunscreen and this and that. And I'm thinking, you know, come on, man, like I've, I've spent the <laughs> summer in 100 105 degree heat all the time. Like, how bad could it be? But um that san diego sun is drew it was relentless um I, you were a little bit I you think, were a little better prepared than i i was but uh it definitely it definitely took a by the time we got out of there we we're like whoo we're tired you know well, fun but we're tired a couple of things i think number one i think i actually got sun poisoning uh on my hands on my oh. hands which were like the only part of my body that wasn't covered but it's interesting it's so funny to watch like uh survival definitely trumps fashion yes. um, when it comes to scouting. Uh, and you can tell the guys that are, are, are well-dressed that can even pull off some of the, the horrific outfits and make them look <laughs> decent. Um, but I don't think that either of us fit in that category, but there were, you know, I, I had the hoodie one day, a light hoodie. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I wasn't able to do laundry in time to wear it again, but I wore the like sweatshirt hoodie one day and that I almost died that day. You but, were like a, you were like a boxer cutting weight. Yeah. Well, I did. I, th- I think I did. Well, I probably eat a uh, zero sum game on that because we ate too much um, mm-hmm. at night throughout the week, but had some, some great restaurants to report back on most, most of which came from the little Italy district, but uh, yeah, some good food, lots of sun, and good baseball. Yeah, really, really good baseball. Um, and yeah, I think the those those walks we took through the USD campus the final day helped get me kind of back to uh, to to neutral instead of coming <laughs> back about about five or ten pounds heavier. But we'll get into our five to five tool foodies section um, there at the end. And uh, yeah, Area Code Games was on the USD University of San Diego campus. Uh, gorgeous campus. I mean gorgeous absolutely stunningly beautiful um and first class event with area code games um there at the park uh and it's it's what people say it is i mean a ton of scouts scouts everywhere um advisors scouts i mean a a lot of baseball people um because it is the one of the premier scouting events especially for those those upper class players that we're going to talk a lot about today uh, because now that draft class is the focus. Um, and a lot of guys helped themselves this week, I think, including um, some guys from this Texas Rangers team. So the Texas Rangers 
all all state of Texas prospects. So a lot of names that we're certainly familiar with, a lot of names that you as a listener are probably familiar with um, as well. But just to kind of recap, you know, the they there are tryouts held um, and ran by scouts, and then you know they they basically pick a, rosters to play a game at those tryouts, and then. Um, after the tryouts conclude, they select the roster to take off to San Diego. Obviously, you got to have enough pitchers, catchers, first baseman, middle infielders, so on and so forth. So uh, we're going to just kind of go rapid fire through these names and just talk about guys that caught our attention um, and sit down and spend a lot of time on these Texas Rangers guys. And um, I'm not going to go alphabetical, but I am going to start with the top guy on the list and in, in Zane Adams, uh, left-handed pitcher from Porter. It's a guy that we've we've talked a lot about this summer because he's been one of the big risers in the state of Texas. I I think that he came out of this the best left-handed pitching prospect in the state. He was up to 94 miles an hour again, overhand curveball, threw the ball well, showed the change up. There's some projection there. And on the big stage, I mean, his his stuff really played. And you just look at the the long-term outlook with where the stuff is right now, where it could be in the future, where he could be physically in the future. And he's still not 100%. <laughs> Um, the ankle looked a little bit better, but I, I think it's not all the way back yet, uh, which is again, a testament to, you know, how well he's thrown this summer, but, uh, definitely a guy for me that, uh, I was really excited about heading into this event. Um, and he lived up to the hype and I, I think that he's definitely going to be a guy that scouts pay very, very close attention to during the high school season. Yeah. Sad. I, I missed his outing. Yeah. He, he's one of only two guys in the Rangers roster that I haven't gotten to see live now after this is after this event, um, Ethan Mendoza continues to hit, uh, four hits on the weekend, added a triple, two stolen bases. And, you know, the one thing that sticks out to me about him is just that no matter what, he looks like he's on time. He's not fooled. Everything he does is so quiet and easy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think he showed really well, um, definitely one of the best hitters in the state and he continued to prove it over the weekend. Yeah, getting on time, you know, that's a big test for these guys when they go out there is because you just see premium stuff and velocity constantly, and he was able to get on time um, right away. So hitters hit, and that's what he's done all summer, and that's what he did at Area Code as well. Um, TJ Pompey started it slow. I, I think it took him a, a game or two to kind of settle in, shake the jitters a little bit. Um, ended up, you know, having some loud hits, uh, a couple balls into the gap, one to the wall and left center for an extra base hit. Um, settled in a little bit more defensively. We know that the, there's a lot of tools there. Um, you watch him, you know, in and in and out, and just it, the way he throws the baseball. I mean, it's just kind of yeah, what you so look easy. for for yeah. for a, uh, for a shortstop prospect there. But um, once he settled in, I, I thought that he, you know, the game kind of came a little bit more smoothly to him. Um, started to show some impact with some gap to gap power um, off the bat as well. And speaking of shortstops, um, I, Jack Bell to me. Uh, maybe of all the position players for Texas helped himself the most um, and his, you know, I was talking to his dad a little bit between games and he made a great point. Like he got to go home and be in his house and do his own workouts and eat at his own places. Like to likes to go eat for four days and came out to San Diego fresh and energized. And I think it really showed like hardly any swing and miss at all. Really good barrel feel had a couple of standout defensive plays. It just, his mind works about a step ahead of the game sometimes. And you can kind of see it in the, he made a play backing up third base, a really athletic play that uh, backing up the action and, and threw the ball home. And, and you know, Jerson Martin couldn't pick the throw, but 
Um, it was just a truly fantastic play. Made a couple of those were just like, man, he just this game seems to kind of come at a different speed to him than it does every player. So um, he had a really strong Mattingly World Series, and I think that he was even better at area code. There was less swing and miss. Um, there was more barrel feel. He's starting to get stronger. That's something he talked about with us when we interviewed him. And, um, you know, it, and I got to stop myself too. The work Jeff and Will did on the video side at Area Code. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, if you've seen any of our coverage on Instagram or Facebook or, or, or Twitter or TikTok, uh, that's those guys. I mean, just phenomenal phenomenal work with with the video and um, i'm really glad jeff recommended the idea of like hey let's try doing some interviews out here because uh, i think it was a great glimpse into um who these kids are as, as players and people and i think that they really enjoyed the coverage as well so go to you know after this you're done listening to this make sure you check out all the coverage but um jack bell awesome summer and i, I think he wrapped it up with with maybe him being at his best and you can see the added strength is starting to play in the swing and um, there are going to be a lot of trips for scouts down to down to South Texas this year between guys like like him and, and Jaquay Stewart and Blake Mitchell and and those guys. Yeah, well, you know, talking about the last two shortstops that you mentioned, um, one thing stands out that you know those guys, both TJ and Jack, have a have an opportunity now to get back in the weight room and really yep. gain some strength because those are two guys that you can see that there's definitely some easy jumps for them to be made when the shoot yeah. comes. And, you know, I think the, the encouraging thing is those guys know how to play baseball and do all the little things right. And now once they add some strength, they have a chance to really make a jump. And I think we saw that a lot with, that's kind of what happened with Jet Williams too over the last yeah. couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, he knew how to play baseball and he was always a gamer and everyone knew about him. And then he started to get strong and really drive the ball and add velocity onto his, to his arm strength. And, I mean, I could see both of those guys making similar jumps to where, you know, like we said, everything they do on a baseball field looks pretty easy. Now yeah. if those two guys add strength, you know, that they're going to be jockeying, I think, you know, and another one with Ethan Mendoza. I mean, those, yeah. those three guys, really, if they're adding some strength, I mean, you know, they're going to be they're going to be really tough across the board um, for whoever they're playing in the spring and on into the draft. Uh, but, you know, going back to Jeff and Will's work, you know, you can probably see a little bit of a drop off from the, uh, from the upperclassmen <laughs> yeah. to the underclassmen um, when when Jeff and, and Will had to had to head home. But um, those guys did amazing work for us. You know, the the interviews were great. I was really impressed with just about all the kids that we interviewed Yeah, um, to see the guys. You know, I'm sure some of them have had some experience with the interviews, but man, they were I thought we got some really thoughtful answers, some really uh, polished answers, um, from some of these kids. And, you know, I just thought they did a great job. Um, and it was, it was fun to see that because we, you don't always get to see that for kids that, this age and it's, you know, a good platform and what that event's all about. I mean, it's, it's a way to showcase their abilities both on and off the field. And I thought all the kids that, that we picked out to do interviews from not just the Texas team, but some of the others, really really held up well and i was i was very impressed by those guys so like dustin mentioned if you get a chance to go check out some of those interviews i it's worth the time they're all mm -hmm. about two minutes and um you know it's a, some very insightful answers from the kids about their season and their experience out there so we had we had a lot of fun doing that i thought yeah yeah and speaking of fun it's always fun to watch kendall george get down the line and he was three five on a bunt three five <laughs> three five on a bunt and uh, the, the Rangers first game, 
I had him at three seven on one swing and three eight on another. So um, the speed always shows up. Uh, he again proved to be a guy that's tough to tough to strike out. Um, it does it does you know he does sell out for contact sometimes more than impact. But when you have that kind of true eighty grade speed, that's exactly what you should do when you're late in the count. Is uh, okay like. I know if I put it in play, chances are pretty high that nobody's going to be able to throw me out, um, even on routine ground balls to second base. So um, he was doing his thing again. And, and Jackson Brousseau, uh, we'll get into some of the oh, – there have been a ton of commitments since we last recorded, but um, he's one of them, uh, flipping his commitment from Rice to Texas A&M, um, up to 91 miles an hour, really lively fastball, um, breaking ball missed bats. And I think that the breaking ball even has a lot of upside. You know, it, it's it's got – quality visual shape but i think the spin and the efficiency of the pitch um there's a room to make a big jump there which could make it an even better pitch but you look at him physically you know broad shoulders uh, he just looks like a guy that in the future is going to be a strike thrower um and you can see texas a&m obviously liked what it saw um at area code and, and, and went and got his commitment there but um another another one of those left-handed pitchers that's going to be fun to follow this year in the state yeah, and then, you know, one of my favorite guys from the get-go has been Aiden Howard in this class. Uh, DBU commit, showed really well, um, made one really athletic catch that we got that was probably some of the best film work we've had all summer um, from from Jeff and his crew. But got that catch um, where he robbed the ball. I think it was the first, first batter. First of the inning. Yeah, it might have been first yeah, batter. First, yeah, yeah, first yeah. inning for sure. So, but yeah, so Aiden showed off his athleticism, um, three hits, two stolen bases over the week. Um, and he's another guy that we, one of the things that you enjoy about these kind of events is we had a little time to, you know, stop and talk to some of the parents and, you know, got to talk to the Howard family and, and you just see why, like, he's such a good kid. You know, the, the family's great. They get it. They're excited to be there. Um, and, and they're just about the right things. And that's the kind of player that he is and why you can look at him and meet the family and figure out why people are so excited about his future trajectory, just because, you know, he's going to do things the right way. You know, he's raised right, going to have a lot of guidance from his parents and, you know, on a physical standpoint too, his dad's dad's in shape. <laughs> we'll just yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so super nice family, awesome kid. He did a great job with his interview um performed well out there and you know like we said he was one of those guys that's going to jump onto the radars of, of professional organizations that you know outside just the local guys that see him so um great week for Aiden um just really excited to see him continue to get better as as he progresses yeah um Gavin Jones left-hand pitcher from White Oak I probably you know he he quote-unquote famous but he's definitely more of a like recent famous guy um in terms of a summer riser remember you know him throwing in our connie mac i believe <coughs> qualifier uh struck out i think seven guys in two and two thirds and that kind of like caught everybody's attention and he even said that after his area code tryout is when you know texas tech um you know reached out and, and grabbed his commitment but he definitely made a very strong case that he isn't one of the top arms in the state of Texas, uh, three really, really good innings. Um, he even said, uh, I forget what he said he tweaked specifically, but we noticed when he covered first base at one time um, that he kind of tweaked something. And uh, I forget what he told us. I wasn't serious at all. I mean, he kept pitching and he was fine afterwards, but 
Uh, four pitch mix um, showed the field for two different breaking balls, change up, lively fastball up to 93, threw a ton of strikes with everything, missed bats, um, quick worker, gets gets downhill, efficient delivery. Like there is a lot to like <coughs> about Gavin Jones. And I think that um, he's certainly a guy that I think coming into this scouts probably probably knew a little about. Um, afterwards, he was definitely a guy that you're underlining and say, okay, this, this is somebody that we've got to track. This is somebody that we've got to see in the spring to see, you know, what, maybe if there's even more in the tank there, but, um, certainly one of the top performances on the mound among any team and player, um, at the area code up class was, was Gavin Jones. Um, you know, Blake Julius Mansfield legacy, a guy that we've seen a lot this summer did his thing on the mound through a lot of strikes, flashed the change up that I think is going to be his best secondary pitch. Um, David Hefner, um, left-handed hitting, um, you know, corner infielder, um, showed some impact with the bat. I think that's kind of what we've seen from him this summer is, is the ball starting to really come off the bat well. I think as he's maturing and adding more strength, I think that that's, that's the gap-to-gap power and the ability to kind of pull one over the fence. Um, I think that's going to be who he is as a player. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Another guy that I really enjoyed watching, um, I saw him early in the spring, uh, and you, there's been some physical development for D. Kennedy, a uh, recent Texas commit, but I was really impressed with his plate discipline. Um, mm-hmm. He got on base a lot, uh, a couple walks, hit by pitch. Um, you know, obviously, a, he's a guy that can play infield, can play outfield, uh, probably a second baseman, outfielder at the next level, um, you know, can really run has a feel for what he wants to do on, on the bases, uh, got a really good read on a ball in the dirt and took an extra base. Uh, but I was impressed with him. You know, he, sometimes guys that are that athletic, uh, you know, they, they have some plate discipline issues early on and that Kennedy, um, I was really impressed. He's a guy that if he can be disciplined early on in his career, see the field a lot sooner rather than later. Yeah. When he gets down to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. It's a promising swing too. Uh, very compact, short, quick. Uh, it's, it's definitely visually, it looks like a guy that's got a chance to really hit at the next level. Um, speaking of hitting Blake Mitchell, you know, one of the big premier names uh, among anybody in this event um, as one of the top catching prospects in, in the country. He, I, I think he solidified his status as a guy that's, that's going to be on the first round radar for the upcoming MLB draft. First game, hit a rocket to the wall in center field. One of those balls that um, when you hear that off the bat, you can hear people's reaction in the stands. Um, and then he had another one the next game, kind of to the same spot, but it was right at the center fielder. Uh, and then he showed some oppo power, hitting a ball, line drive over the left field fence for a home run. Uh, just the, the bat the bat had a pretty, pretty strong week. You know, I think that's the thing that, you know, scouts were were looking to see, okay, how much does the bat play at, at this level? Like they are with all these top kids. Like you just don't know um, until you get them in this kind of setting. And, and Blake Mitchell performed. Um, you know, the bat was 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 definitely a standout. He showed some some of his defensive tools as well. You know, the catching is it's it's kind of tough because it, the a lot of guys get on the mound and they're just chunking. Um, and you haven't really worked with some of these guys in, in that this kind of setting and things like that. So I felt for the catcher sometimes that it was, yeah. it was pretty tough. You know, you know, Joseph Martin, one of the other catchers as well. Like um, you can tell that these guys like haven't really worked with these arms, but um, Mitchell's bat was really loud. Um, uncharacteristically got hit on the mound. Uh, I, that's something that he's not used to is, is giving up hits. 
Uh, but you know, just showed his stuff. You know, the, I think his changeup was up to 88 miles an hour with some swings and misses against lefties. Uh, showed the full arsenal, but just wasn't his dominant self on the mound. But I think he really helped himself um, as a hitter. And then Jerson Martin, too, he put the ball in play a lot. Um, not a lot of swing and miss there, not a lot of whiffing. Um, I think the, he was getting balls just off the end of the bat um, a couple times, yeah. but the path was the path looked good. There was some timing there. I think yeah. that he's a guy that 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 definitely didn't look overmatched in the batter's box. Yeah, the bat speed's always there for Jerson. Um, he's gonna hit. He's gonna hit for a lot of power at the next level. Um, but you you can see all the physical tools there, and that's why guys like him make teams like this. Is yes. because the pro scouts see down several years in the down the road, right? And you can imagine what that guy is gonna be in time, and it's special because he has some really loud tools and um you know like you said about the catching it's so true because not only are these a lot of the pitchers getting out on the mound and really overthrowing it and just you know you see a lot of fastballs that are skipped um which is you know the hardest pitch to block in baseball um but then you know going back to Blake Mitchell you talk about him like he's a guy that you can tell you know, we talk about our events when special players come up to the plate or, or on the mound, like the whole, everything, all the focus goes on to this guy. Right. And it's not just from the scouts, it's from the players too. Mm -hmm. And I noticed the depth, you know, people were paying a lot more attention when a guy like Blake came up to the plate and in an event like this, if you are getting pitched to differently by some of the best arms in the country, it's always it's always interesting to see situations like that. And I think Blake falls into that category because he was getting everyone's best shot all the way across the board, whether it was at the plate, on the mound, whatever it was. Uh, he's just one of those guys. And like you said, he showed well. Um, it's It can be exhausting to be, face that day in, day out. And to be able to, to show as well as he did for such a big event, you know, we're – you're going up there at times thinking, man, this at bat could cost me a million dollars. Right. Yeah. Uh, because this is an event where the, the people in the stands are the ones that are making the decision on, are you going to be the third pick? Or are you going to be the eighth pick? And that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's a lot for a guy his age, but man, I thought he really handled it well. Um, body language wise, even yep. when he didn't have his best outing on the mound, he didn't show it. Um, mm -hmm was great in an interview with us and you can tell, you know, he, he understands what's at stake at an event like this. And, you know, he's going to be in events like this for the rest of his baseball career. You know, yeah. he's going to be on the big stage. He's going to, he's going to be one of those guys that is under the microscope for the next year um, when it comes to the draft and his prospect status is never going to change. He's always going to be labeled as one of those guys. So it was good to see him have the success he did. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just confirmation, you know, he takes a home run and hits it the other way. Um, just confirmation of what we've seen for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it, I always feel for kids like that because it's a great situation to be in, to be considered one of the best, but it's also tough. It's not, it's not an easy burden to carry. It's not for everybody. Game in, that's for sure. Game in, game out. And I yeah. was really impressed with how he did it. We appreciate him taking the time. You know, we were not the first people in line to get to stop him on the way from the from the dugout to the parking lot. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, those, those events can be exhausting and they're a grind. And he did, he did a great job of showing why he's one of the best in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this event too is, is kind of later on the calendar. So a guy like him, it's been at PDP and playing another event in North Carolina and just all over the place. I mean, it can, it can take your toll, but uh, like you said, the energy level was, was, was very high. Um, so was the competitiveness and he, he would, he wasn't shy about shining in that big moment for sure. So um, definitely helped himself. Uh, Neomar Ochoa, um, Galena Park, Houston commitment. I, I think his bat started to come alive as the event went on. He ended it by pulling just a rocket down the left field line for a double uh, moves well for a guy his size. Um, I think he's like six four two oh nine or something like that. Um, gets around the bases um, really well for a guy that size. Um, didn't have a lot of success on the mound, but you can see that there's a lot to work with there. There's a lot of yeah. arm strength. Um, he started to find his feel for a slider as, as the inning went on. And, and um, these outings on the mound could be unforgiving because it's like, you've got to get your innings, you know, <laughs> like, it's like, Hey man, like uh, the, don't look down to the bullpen. You know, you're scheduled for two, you're throwing two. Um, that's, that's how it works. So, but um, I think you can see that there's there's a lot there's a there's a big gap between where he is now and where he could be, and he's already one of the like better prospects in the state. Um, you know, just things like you know getting some more deception in the arm path and delivery. You know, I, I think that that's something that made you know ninety two to ninety three miles an hour play down a little bit was just there just wasn't any deception. Uh, but hitting wise, um, moving around the outfield showed a good outfield arm, unsurprisingly because he throws so hard on the mound. Um, I, I really exciting prospect. I can't wait to see where this guy is in six months, in two years, five years, eight years, because like you're talking about earlier, like when scouts think about these guys, they're kind of looking ahead in the crystal ball. And I got to think this is one of the guys they think about a lot uh, in terms of just because of his physical talent and his skill that's already showing. Um, and wow. he's young too. Like he was young, yeah. one of the youngest upper-class players, him and Eric Batoni from, um, the Brewers team, I think we're like almost a full year younger than pretty much everybody out there. Um, so that's that's another element to, to include in that conversation as well. But uh, really held his own as a hitter, uh, showed some stuff in, in, in the outfield defensively, big arm. Um, and he's definitely got some upside on the mound as he gets more reps um, and, and starts to kind of leverage those physical gifts even more. Yeah, that that double that he hit was absolutely that was one Most. of the hardest balls <laughs> yeah. we saw hit all week. Um, moving on to Mac Rose, hometown guy for me. Uh, Mac showed well, uh, caught, pitched, played some first, um, really had some loud at bats. Uh, had a couple hits, uh, a couple really hard hit outs, um, hit the ball to all fields, uh, went oppo, mm-hmm. pulled the ball some. Um, like I said, he he knows what he's doing in the box. And for me, the biggest decision for him is going to be what he is because yeah. he can really hit. He can really uh, pitch and he can catch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's going to be an interesting decision over the next couple of years for him. But I think he can do all of them. That's the thing uh, for him is just going to be that decision. I you know, I was impressed with him on the mound. Um, I think it was only the second time he'd pitched this summer, um, but he got up there and competed like he always does. And that's his biggest trait. And what, that's what people notice a lot is how competitive he is. Uh, but Max showed really well. Um, made the Rockwall faithful proud, better, much better showing than this Rockwall guy's <laughs> showing um, historically at, at area code. But 
yeah, Mac was impressive. Like really, really did a did himself a favor at the plate and showed some loud, some loud contact on multiple occasions. Yeah, yeah. He he's he's really hit for a while now. Um, and I was yeah. glad to see him get an inning on the mound there in their final game. Uh, because I've always really liked him as a pitcher as well. I mean, he performed, he's up to 90, missed some bats with his fastball, had some angle and some life to it. Um, so definitely a really strong showing for him. And uh you know, eventually I think the game will kind of push him one way or another, but right now, I mean, he's the definition of a two-way talent, um, you know, and, and heck, you throw in the catching element too. Uh, he can do that as well. Um, Tristan Russell is a guy that I, I think in terms of performance and, and helping himself, I think he showed really, really well. And, you know, this event has a way of, it can the game can kind of speed up on some guys or the guys that can slow the game ga- down kind of stand out. And he's one of the, the guys that the game wasn't too fast for him. Everything came naturally. He wasn't ever overwhelmed. He didn't ever have this, this look on his face, like, like things were hard or he was nervous or he was tense. It was just like another game uh, yeah. for him. And I, I think that he had some loud moments with the bat. Uh, really loud extra base hit to the wall in right center field. Uh, put the ball in play hard several times. Made plays defensively. Showed that he could play at second, um, short, um, even third as well. And just you know, just the game comes naturally to him. That's what I saw at the high school high school level when I saw him. Um, and then that's what I saw again this week. And uh, shout out to him too. Uh, right after Airy Code flew to the Czech Republic to represent Team Germany. Um, out in the European games out there. So, uh, you know, no uh, no shortage of racking up the miles, uh, travel miles for Tristan Russell as his summer continues. And uh, I'm sure he's out there hitting as well, but but definitely a guy I think that helped himself. And then MJ Sayal, I wasn't surprised to see him get on the mound and throw strikes. I mean, he's he's so used to these types of stages that, mm-hmm. that I, I wasn't at all surprised that it was just like another outing for him. Uh, throwing the slider for a strike, uh, fastball, I believe, look at my notes, but I believe it was up to 91 or 92, maybe 93 miles an hour. Uh, just the, the full arsenal was on display, would throw backwards at times, would show all this stuff through through strikes, just slow heartbeat. Uh, just not surprised at all that he went out there and performed because that's that's what he's done for years now. Yeah, just workmanlike performance. Got in, got out, and yep. on to the next guy. That's yep. kind of what it was. But which we love yeah. in area code. Throw strikes, throw quality strikes. That's what everybody loves. That's one of the hardest things to do. And that's I was a victim of that in my first outing back in 2003. But it's tough to do. I mean, it's hard yeah. when you get up there. And for the upperclassmen, there are, no exaggeration, hundreds of radar guns yeah. every time. Cameras, like, there, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff down there behind home plate. Right. So it, it's not it's not an easy thing to do to just mm-hmm. get out there and throw strikes or do what you do. There's a lot of guys that don't do that. And that's, a, that's an impressive trait for guys to have, you know, and it's a good sign for these guys that are decision makers to go out there and show that that doesn't phase you. If yeah. that if that setting doesn't phase you at this age, there's not going to be a lot in the game that does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you see it a lot. There's a lot of guys that throughout the week tried too hard. Um, so really being able to harness that and and just focus in and do your job is is something that you can't take for granted. So an impressive outing for MJ, um, you know, and then another guy that that we've loved all spring, Aiden Smith. I mean, just a big athlete, plays hard, um, 
gets gets down the line quickly. Had him yeah. down the line at a four two six. Um, busted it out of the box on the ball to the, to the outfield and got a double. Um, you know, he's just a physical monster that, you know, if, if he doesn't end up getting drafted high enough to sign or doesn't get the amount of money that he wants, like you can see him being an all American type player early on at Mississippi state, because mm-hmm. he fits that mold of a lot of guys that they, that they've had and have had success with, but he can really hit, he hits the ball hard. He knows what he's doing in the box. He barrels it and he's athletic in the outfield and, you know, just a really impressive player that we, that we've loved since day one. Yeah. Got on time. Um, you know, I, uh, I never seen him take in and out before and his, his arm in the outfield caught my attention. It's just, I'd never mm-hmm. seen him really have to use it when I'd seen him in the summer. So definitely some tools there for sure. Um, Alex Solis from West Coast East, uh, another Houston commitment did what I, I saw him do at the uh, TSA prospects all-star game. Um, missed bats. I mean, the slider, especially getting it to his glove side, really gave right-handed pitchers, or excuse me, right-handed hitters problems. Fastball is up to 93 miles an hour. Um, created some whiffs on occasion. Um, the changeup showed that it's it's got some promise as a third pitch as well. Another one of these guys in the summer that didn't come from completely out of nowhere. I mean, he he's been committed for a while. Uh, and shout out to that Houston staff. They've done a heck of a job for with this this uh, 2023 commitment list that they've got. <laughs> Um, but another one of those guys that, that, you know, his arrow has been pointing up for a while now. And, um, you know, there's, there's probably going to be some scouts that are making some trips to West Lakota to get a look at, at Solis, uh, this upcoming spring season, because he definitely showed, um, that he's a guy to follow for sure. Uh, speaking of guys to follow Barrett Kent, man, wow. Really, really, really strong performance on the mound was up to 96 miles an hour, settled in at, at like 90 to 93 with some life easy. I mean, just, it just was smooth, easy. The ball came out well, um, showed two different breaking balls, change up uh, three, just fantastic innings, struck out five guys. I don't think he gave up a hit um, during his time on the mound. And uh, he was already one of those guys. I think people have kind of starred as like, Hey, this has got this has got a chance to be one of the better right-handed pitching prospects, not just in Texas but the nation. Uh, he backed that up. Um, a great kid to talk to too. You know, we told him, "Hey, man, through '96." He goes, "Whoa, did I really?" I, you know, had no idea. <laughs> it's just like you know, just just kind of that unassuming personality. Like I'm not sure he knows how good he is, um, which I think helps him on the mound. He gets out there and competes and and trusts his stuff and gets after it, but. Um, you know, and also too, like he's a good example of, I know he threw in our Mattingly event. He was out at PDP. Um, you know, he flew in to Dallas that day and then pitched that Saint that later that night. So you just, you just don't know sometimes like what kind of travel or, or what these guys have been doing the days before they go out there and compete, but he looked fresh and, and excellent in San Diego. And I, I'm super excited to see, you know, where he goes this season, um, and even if he throws in the fall as well, because uh, it, it's the number of player, the number of pitchers ahead of him in the state for 2023, um, I think is a very, very, very small list. And the list might only include Travis Sakura, who uh, good luck to the the Milwaukee Brewers. They drew the short, short straw that day because they faced Sakura for three innings. And then Barrett Kent came behind him for three innings as well. And it's like, <laughs> good luck guys. Uh, uh, yeah. Travis Sakura touched a hundred miles an hour. Um, he said he was feeling fresh out in that San Diego weather. 
and it showed on the mound. But um, I like that. Like he came out out of the uh, out of the shoots pitching backwards. You know, I yeah. think he knows that everybody knows he throws really hard and gears up for the heater. He comes out throwing sliders early on, throws this splitter early on, even throwing right on right splits. I thought he showed the ability to manipulate his slider it was 83 to 88 miles an hour threw it harder. Sometimes other times took a little bit off bigger shape, kind of a get me over pitch and fastball counts, but the heater was there. I thought he moved it to both sides of the plate. Really, really strong showing for him. We talked about Blake Mitchell solidifying his status. I think Travis Sikora definitely solidified his status as a, as one of the best right-handed pitching prospects in the nation. And certainly a guy that that big time evaluators are going to get early looks on in the in the spring uh, because he's he's definitely in that first round discussion um, and he solidified that at area code. Yeah, he was really impressive. You know, him and Kent, I mean, really, really made impressions on guys, took advantage of the platform. Yeah. Um, and were as advertised or better. Um, and so the, those guys had a good outing that they can hang their hat on and ride that moment you know, into the fall and in the spring, mm-hmm. um, you know, Drew Markle was a guy that showed well, I thought um, didn't may not show up on the stat line, but I thought he did a lot of things that showcased his baseball abilities. Yeah. Every time uh, I got, see him, he's faster. Got down the line at four, one um, played, played infield, played outfield. You know, he's just a baseball player. Um, and he's a guy that you can see some obvious projection there with the body um, tall and lean and, um, you know, plays with a great organization with the 12 on a good team at Katie Tompkins. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that he's going to have a big time future in baseball just because of how much, you know, the skill is there and is very obvious, but he's a baseball player too. Yeah. He doesn't look out of place no matter where you put him. A on lot the field. of energy. So, yes. Yeah. He, he just, he just screams baseball player. And those are the kind of guys that you want to have a lot of. Um, and, and like I said, it's tough, you know, another guy that, didn't fill up the stat sheet um, and would probably tell you he didn't do as well as he'd liked, but, um, but showed some stuff that you want to see um, Jaquay Stewart, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't show up in the stat line that he had a good week. Um, but I mean, he showed a lot of things that, you know, the best evaluators will see. That's yeah. one of the things that you want kids to understand is, you know, the guys that are watching, they're not looking to see, they don't want you to go five for, 10 with five singles that just are flares that find a hole. They want to see the swing. They want to mm-hmm. see if you're seeing the right pitches. And, you know, Jaquay was just a little bit off for what his natural and normal timing is. But you saw a lot of stuff from him um, that you, the guys that make decisions that they, they want to see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you hope that guys like that understand it and don't feel discouraged about their um, about their stat line because <laughs> – you know, a, a big part of these events is going out there and showcasing the tools. Yeah. Um, the more pro guys you get in the building, the more it becomes about tools and showing things that other people don't have. And it's pretty clear to see when you watch a guy like him swing the bat that he knows what he's doing in the box and just wasn't on it like he normally was from a timing standpoint. But you can see it's there because he took a couple of swings that he fouled off and you're like, oh, he just missed that. Right. Um, you know, and we're we're expecting him to put him on, put it on top of that building out in right field. And he came this close to doing that a couple of times. And, you know, I, the guys we were sitting around noticed it, too. So, you know, that that's one of the things about these events. You you can't get too down on them because you have to understand that 
you are one of the best players in the country to be selected to play in an event like this. And you're also facing the best players in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, that's something that a lot of the hitters, it's like going to the Cape in the summer when you're in college, you know, there you'd have some guys that hit 200 and came out of there with their offensive prowess uh, being raised in the eyes of scouts. It's, it's not always about the result and these kind of things. And, you know, I was impressed with him. He just kept coming to the plate, you know, didn't show it that he was frustrated. I thought he did a good job with that. And, you know, I, we know he can hit, I mean, yeah. there's no question in that. So, um, you know, it was good to see him get in there and he, he, he began to get a little bit more on time as the week wore on. And, you know, we know that he can hit. And I think a lot of people saw that as well, even though the results may not show it. Yeah, I'm betting on those that bat speed and the, that hand quickness and strength every single time um, for sure. And uh, I appreciated that. Like he kept getting his best swing off, you know, like yeah. did, didn't yeah. let the, oh, my gosh, I got to try to get a hit type of thing creep into his head. I mean, it was it was the swing that we all love and we all bet on um, for sure there. But, um, you know, wrapping things up here, a um, couple of pitchers, uh, Braden Sharp, you know, I, I think that. I just kind of looked a little bit tired, um, which this time of the year, I mean, these guys have thrown a lot of innings, especially a guy like Braden that I saw pitching deep into the high school playoffs um, for yeah. the Woodlands. Um, but you saw the athleticism, the way the arm worked. I think as the outing progressed for him, I started, I think he kind of got more in sync with, with getting downhill and, and the arm speed and, and, you know, the landing and things like that and started to show, like, hey, this is why this guy is one of the one of the premier left-handed pitching prospects in the state of Texas for sure. But um, a guy that I'm super excited to see the upcoming season because uh, was up to 95 in the high school season when I saw him. Um, you know, I think that he's going to come back a new guy from a strength standpoint and things like that. And uh, you know, it's you know, Cooper Strong kind of falls into that category as well. That you you throw uh, a lot of innings, um, you know, and this time of the year can kind of weigh on you a little bit. Uh, his changeup flash, but uh, was up to 89 miles an hour. Control was kind of in and out, but you saw the glimmers uh, of of why he was out there. Um, but also, too, I think there was some fatigue there as well as he was kind of trying to work through things. and just couldn't ever really quite find his timing, uh, but certainly a guy that's poised to have a really, really strong senior year uh, for Farmersville as well. But um, I think that we – I think we mentioned every single guy that played yeah, um, well, on the Rangers. So, um, yeah, just kind of wrap it. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, you know, the whole staff that put together this team, specifically Josh Simpson, Bobby Crook with the Rangers, yeah, um, and the whole group, they they did a great job. There was nobody that didn't belong out there. Yeah, it's not um, easy to do that either. Right, and, and I think one of the things that stood out to me was between the upperclassmen and the underclassmen, they got it right. Like, they didn't – there wasn't anybody that didn't belong out there. Uh-huh. Um, you know, th- these things are always tough to put together because – there's going to be some guys that are left out that, you know, may deserve it, may not borderline. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be some naysayers when it comes to putting things like this together. But I thought they did a great job with the Sim win this team. Um, you know, there, there's nobody out there that you couldn't say that did something positive. Um, right. And I think that's important. Um, you know, but we'll talk about the underclass guys next, next uh, episode, but um you know, I thought these guys showed well, and that's a credit to the to the guys that put together the team. Um, Bobby, Josh, Kyle Van Hook, Brian Rees with the Yankees, Max Simler, who we see everywhere, Chris Joblin with the Marlins, our guy Clint Bowers, 
Paul Scott, Rockwell guy with the Reds, Trevor Brown with the Twins, J.R. Salinas with the Diamondbacks, and John Lombardo with the Pirates. Um, but a lot goes into this, and that's yeah. that's kind of the stuff that a lot of people don't see. But you know, and and I know there's some agonizing decisions these guys have to make that that those last guys on versus the the first guys off. Um, and so that part of it's never fun, but it's tough to have too many gripes um, with with a roster like this, especially when they go out there and perform and you know, it's just, it, it's fun to see. Um, like I said, those guys don't get enough credit for what they do and they do it because they love it obviously. And mm-hmm. they love the game and it's part of a great event. And it's, it's why it's continued to be such a prominent event for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the 36th area code. So they've uh, been doing this a long time because they keep doing it the right way. And those guys have a responsibility and they take a lot of pride in, building a roster that, you know, they take out there and they put it in front of all these evaluators, you know, to try to give them a good look at, Hey, this is, this is the cream of the crop in our area. You know, here it is. Yeah. Let's, let's get a good look at these guys so we can help you with your evaluations as well. So, uh, well, that wraps up the Rangers cover for all the state of Texas prospects. We're going to run through the, uh, the other seven teams here uh, fairly quickly, um, you know, so we don't keep you here for a couple of days, but uh, starting with the Oakland Athletics, who were the basically the Northern California team um, out at area code. And uh, a couple of guys for me, Sebastian Gonzalez, a left-handed pitcher, just a lot of strikes. A lot of strikes from the left side. The stuff played up. The fastball played up. Um, even though he's only listed at 5'10", 155, um, he, he's got some upside on the mound physically, but uh, the stuff played as well. And then J.P. Acosta um, committed to Long Beach State shortstop. Uh, one of our favorite things is is when we go out here and you see the way that guys in the middle infield handle the baseball, you know, with their hands, their actions. Uh, he's just super smooth. Um, just one of those guys you could tell loves playing the game. The game comes natural to him. Um, just really quick, clean, smooth actions defensively. Um, had a good energetic bounce to his step. I think that's a fantastic get for Long Beach State. Um, a switch hitter, switch hitter that had some moments with the bat as well. Um, but a guy that I really, really enjoyed watching for that A's team. Yeah. And what, one of my favorite guys for the entire event, catcher Ryder Helfrick. Oh yeah. Valley, the Arkansas commit. I mean, several sub two pop times. Um, I, I just really like the way he communicates, um, mm-hmm. as a catcher, you know, he's in command. Um, and, and it's, and it's different too, when it's an event like this, where it isn't your normal teammates, <laughs> but he didn't shy away from talking to pitchers, telling them what they need to be doing, what they were doing. I just really watched him uh, really enjoyed watching him go about his work. Uh, Reese Bueno, uh, right-handed pitcher from from Redwood going to Cal Poly. Um, It's funny when you see some of these guys pitch and you're just kind of like, yep, I can see why that guy is going there. Um, Mm -hmm. Going, like you said, JP Acosta, Long Beach state. He's a guy that fits that dirt bag mentality. Uh, Reese Bueno, Cal Poly commit, Ryder Helfrick, Arkansas, Sebastian Gonzalez, St. Mary's commit. Another guy that I like, third baseman Cameron Schneider. Um, he really impressed me over the week. Um, athletic for his size, uh, really ran the base as well. Um, yes, great point. Mm-hmm. Not the fastest guy in the world, but several times saw him got get good uh, jumps and reads on balls mm-hmm. in the dirt. Uh, just an advanced player going to Fresno State, and I played with some Fresno guys when I was in college at in summer ball. And he reminded me of a lot of them, just a really good ball player, tough, hard nosed. Um, I think he goes to Bullard high school up there in Clovis, but um, impressive group. Uh, you know, for those that don't know that Oakland 
team represents that NorCal group, but lots of other guys that were impressive on that team for me, but those were the ones that really stood out the most, I thought. Yeah, a couple other ones before we switch teams here. Gabe Gackle, who threw that first yep. game against the Rangers. <laughs> I bet those guys saw him warming up. They're like, you got to be kidding me. We're starting with this, you know, fastball up to 96 miles an hour. Like one of the better breaking balls in the event. Just really, really premium stuff um, from the right side. Lane and Stump, uh, good fastball command. Slider really fast. Flash missing bats there. And then Nolan Stevens, uh, Mississippi State commitment. I knew it was just a matter of time before he got into one. You could see it with the swing, physical guy, big shoulders, got some power in the bat. He's a talented two-way player, um, but he smashed a line drive over the wall to left center field before the event ended there, um, showing what he's capable of doing uh, with the bat in his hand. And definitely, Well, and then going back to Gabe Gackle, fresh off the event is a newly committed Arkansas guy. Wow. So guess he probably he must have liked throwing to Ryder Helfrich. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, those guys could be could be college teammates. Um, that maybe not considering how good <laughs> yeah. they were, good they were out there. Uh, they definitely looked like they're they're the kind of guys that uh that that scouts are going to open the checkbook for. But um, that's uh wow, that's that's quite the power duo there. Um, yeah. for the Razorbacks for sure. And uh, switching to the Milwaukee Brewers through the the Southern California uh collection of players, but. Um, all SoCal and then one, uh, one Hawaiian, uh, Nolan, uh, Souza, speaking of Arkansas, Arkansas commitment, um, hit a homer in the first game that I saw, uh, and it was impressive too, cause it wasn't even his best swing. There's a two strike breaking ball, uh, that he just got the barrel to and hooked it down the right field line. Um, great looking kid physically moved around the infield well in the dirt. Um, I think he could profile in a number of spots there. We had the pleasure of talking to him after one of his games, super polished. Uh, it was like a guy that's been doing interviews for 10 years before, uh, but it really caught my attention from a, from a physical tool standpoint. And then Cameron Kim, uh, you talk about a guy that's just thinking, talking, living the game. That's Cameron Kim. Great energy. Could always hear his voice, whether it was super encouraging or whether it was just talking, directing traffic in the infield. Uh, he backed up a play at third base and was calling for the ball for a back pick type situation there and almost got a, a got a runner sleeping. Uh, just a great bounce to his step. Impressive skill. Uh, UCLA commitment. Stood out with the bat from the right side. Uh, certainly somebody that I really, really enjoyed watching. Um, and then Sammy Kova. Um, not, doesn't light up the radar gun. It was only up to 90 miles an hour, but one of my favorite curveballs in the event. Uh, just really gave hitters problems there from the left side. And this group was just – we were commenting as on it as we were watching. There's some monsters on this team. This team was physically huge. They yeah, and huge. Speak, speaking of that, you got Eric Batanti, Oregon commit from uh -huh. Aquinas High School. You have Will Gasparino, the Texas commit from Harvard-Westlake, um, who was fun to watch. He's athletic. He moves around the right way. Casey Borba from Orange Lutheran, uh, Texas commit. Gavin Grahovac. Catcher, Texas A&M commit from Villa Park. Uh, and then Trent Caraway, who was on on the uh, all-tournament team, with, yeah. had five hits over the event. I mean, this uh, – and, and Eric, Eric uh, Evan Miranda, excuse me. Um, yeah, he's I up mean, to 93. Yeah, I mean, these are these are physical monsters. Like, yeah. it, it is it is amazing how big this Southern Cal team was. <laughs> they were They were as physically impressive as anybody we saw, I thought. 
Yeah, yeah. And then maybe my favorite hitter in the entire event, um, Rafi Velasquez, who's committed to Arizona State, uh, can catch, can play some first base from Huntington Beach. Just you watch him track the baseball in his swing take decisions and, and how he lets the baseball travel and then his his bat control, the barrels quickness, the hand quickness. Uh, I think that that guy is going to hit. And I think he's going to hit for a long, long time. Just one of those guys that you wait, you watch the way he carries himself in the box. And it seems like he sees things a little bit different than a lot of hitters there. But uh, yeah, that Brewers team uh, check the physical box for sure. Uh, really enjoyed um, watching those guys play. I know a guy I didn't even mention Roman Martin uh, really got on time to fastballs well and <laughs> a six, two infielder that moved around really well. Who would have thought that Brewers would have another guy that checked that physical box there uh, moving to the Washington nationals uh, who definitely put the, the national and nationals because they're a collection of guys from all over the place. A lot of Southeast guys, uh, but also some guys from, you know, even a guy from Texas and Michael Mayhew who got on time to some fastballs as well, who I believe is still uncommitted. Uh, yeah. He's got some raw power there in the batter's box, but a lot of Florida guys, some Tennessee guys, um, our Arizona guy, Deuce Robinson, you know, one of the premier athletic talents in the state because he is a monster tight end prospect and uh i was impressed with what he did on the diamond because you know he didn't play his high school season um you know juggling football and everything else so he's got to try to get all those at bats in the summer and kind of play catch up for lack of a better phrase and the speed of the game wasn't too much for him i thought he moved he you know watching him move around the outfield he was backing up plays he was thinking the game um, in the batter's box, I thought he had good decisions at what to swing at, what to take. He unleashed the swing. I mean, when he swung, I mean, he he let it rip, um, ran the base as well. There were a couple times, you know, him coming down down on a pass ball situation at home plate. We were kind of joking with him that, hey, did you have to remind yourself you don't have the shoulder pads on? Because uh, that catcher could have been in a bad situation there. But uh, Pinnacle, Arizona, high school in the, in the Phoenix area, uh, he, he showed well. Uh, certainly one of the top – uh, multi-sport athletes um, in the state. A um, couple other guys, Ariel Antigua, you know, there are a few second basemen in this event that the actions, the way they talked, the way they received the ball, like they just, they're just baseball players. And the skill level is just a little bit different than a lot of the other guys. And he was one of those guys. He got on time to fastballs repeatedly, showed he could adjust to the breaking ball. Uh, he made he cut he picked a couple of throws down to second base that were Javier Baez ish picks where like he just makes yeah. picking a ball out of the dirt look impressive, uh, and just the game really really came easy to him. Um, Jake Brown, left-handed pitcher from Sulphur, Louisiana, going to LSU, threw a ton of strikes, um, slider missed bats, really really strong performance there, and then uh, two two pitchers who are two of my favorite pitchers the entire event, Makai Grant. Um, was up to 94 miles an hour. He's facing that loaded Brewers lineup. Uh, the slider flash plus up to 84 miles an hour could really execute the slider <coughs> to the glove side, move the fastball a little bit, showed a changeup. Great athletic frame. Uh, you, you could see the athleticism in the easy delivery. He's a Mississippi State commitment. I think our guy Kyle Cheesebro might be sweating that one come draft time uh, because he looks like the type of guy that checks a lot of the boxes that scouts look for when they're selecting prep pitchers. Um, in the draft and then Christian Lim who's heading to Stanford from Montgomery Bell Academy in Franklin Tennessee uh, not just a pitchability lefty although he can really pitch but his stuff played well one of my favorite change-ups in the entire event just really missed a lot of bats 
uh, right-handed hitters had a lot of problems with his changeup. Yeah, a couple of guys that, that stood out to me too. Trey Phelps, he was fun yeah. to watch, man. He was uh, – I thought he was advanced with the bat, um, really played some good defensive first base, a fun player. It looked like he was just having a good time the whole time. Freddie Baravides was one of the most valuable pitchers on the week. Daniel Cuvay won the home run derby, um, hit an opposite field home run, and then made one of the best plays defensively with the bare hand uh, play that Jeff got on camera that we tweeted out. Uh, Cameron Johnson, big left-handed. Oh arm. my gosh, stud! Yeah, yes, he was uh, IMG guy. He is a dude, like yeah. big time dude. LSU commit. Um, Ashton Larson, uh, left-handed hitter from Kansas, going to LSU. He just the, you see a theme with a lot of these LSU hitters, like they just know how to hit, and they are from all over the place, mm -hmm. like. Jay Johnson and his staff are going to find you if you. Oh get yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean he he definitely finds those guys that are just natural hitters and just make it look easy, and then mm -hmm. he goes and gets them. Um, Seth Barney hit a triple. Old Miss commit. Um, let's see who else. I think that's it for those guys that we talked yeah, about. This... But going going back to Deuce Robinson, man, I what a great interview. Super yeah. big. Just, yeah, you know, just really thoughtful with his answers. Um, really appreciate his time. And it was fun to talk a little bit of football because you and I are such big football fans and mm -hmm. follow the recruiting game. And, but man, what just an impressive kid, you know, and you know, he's obviously a good player on the baseball field on the football field, but man, I, I just really enjoyed spending some time with him and getting to hear his side of things and what the process has been like and, and, and hearing that there's a plan for all of it, you know, yeah. he, he, he's very thoughtful about how he spends his time and, and what he's looking for in a college. And, and that was really, really impressive to hear from him. Yeah, certainly a moment where two things happened to me talking to him. One, I felt very, very small because <laughs> um, we took a photo together for Instagram to, to tweet out the interview and he made me look tiny. Uh, second, I felt old because when I first got into following recruiting, football recruiting, his father, Dominic <laughs> Robinson, was a five-star prospect. Um, I believe from Diamond Bar High School in California, really, really standout receiver and cornerback ended up going to Florida State. So somebody that I've I always followed his career really, really closely, one of those first guys that I really remember honing in on and following every single little thing about the recruiting process. So, um, you know, it's 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 fun to see his son Deuce out there, who's definitely bigger, uh, definitely more physical as well. Um, helping guide him through the process. But this team just had arms for day. I mean, Charlie Soto was up to 96 miles an hour. I got some Edison Volquez vibes from him, you know, just mm -hmm. the delivery, the stuff, uh, the way the arm looked and things like that. Aiden Knack, who I believe had the most strikeouts of any pitcher um, in the upper class event, really intriguing four pitch mix, uh, kind of one of those shorter arm actions kind of reminded me of a little Shane Bieber ish delivery in the way the stuff and the arm worked there through a lot of strikes with all his pitches um, and stood out. You mentioned big cam Johnson, like, a guy that tall to keep his head as silent as he did on the mound really speaks to the kind of big athlete that he is. Uh, but these guys had arms today, really arms for days, really, really fun team um, to watch. And wasn't surprised that they had so much success there at the event. Um, switching over to the Cincinnati Reds, um, exciting team. Um, I think we got to start with our guy, Zach Wattis, though. Uh, yeah, just to. He, uh, I think it was their second game. Um, he had a ball to the to the right field wall that he thought was going to get over and didn't get over. Next at bat, he clears the wall. 
uh, which is the bomb to the right side there. But he wasn't done because before the event ended, he hit one that went an estimated 431 feet, just an absolute tank. Uh, I think if you're listing hitters that help themselves the most in this event, um, I think that he's got to be up there near the top of the list with another guy that we're going to talk with soon with, with the Yankees that had a monster event as well. But uh, a TCU commitment, uh, he's got some, he's tall, got some physical projection left, really, really swung the bat well. I was really impressed with Zach Wattis. Yeah, one of my favorite guys in the whole event. Uh, surprise, surprise, another LSU commit, Steven Monster Milam. Oh, yeah, um, he's from, fun, man. Another from, one of those second basemen. Yeah, from Las Cruces, just an incredible baseball player, you know, everything looks easy to him. Um, he's just a guy that you just like watching him play catch or yeah. field short hops or, you know, get in position to make a tough play look easy. Um, he's just a guy that can really play baseball and, you know, fits that mold of a lot of those LSU guys. Like, you know, he gets in the box and you can tell from the first pitch, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walker Martin, uh, Arkansas commit, um, crushed some balls uh big time bat there um out of eaton colorado another colorado arm that we've seen max stanley recent a&m commit um threw the ball well uh james de kramer uh oh yeah great outing um, the poor rangers I, man they saw gackle the first game and then they ran into the kramer game too <laughs> it's like it's like three pitches flashing plus just an absolute monster yeah, so DeKramer is an Oregon State commit from Brophy um, out of Arizona. But it's funny, we talked about a little bit, um, you know, that these California teams and the Arizona teams, they are so fun to watch defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk about this a little bit later, but some of the some of the ramifications and where we think that comes from. But I just really – it always stands out to me, those two states and how they play defense. Yeah. And a lot of the guys that we just named fit that mold, like Monster um, and just the way they feel the ball and throw it around is fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. You can tell that they, they handled the baseball a lot, um, and, and it shows in the way they play defense. Um, a couple a couple other guys, Braid Marks, right-hand pitcher, was up to 94 miles an hour. Um we're going to get to the point where I have to apologize for butchering names, but um, Rock Jalowski, I think, I think he's a UCLA quarterback commit if I'm right. Um, and um, I don't know if he was there the entire event, uh, but he, I did have him in my notes once just for the athleticism, the defense up the middle at shortstop, mm-hmm. just as uh, you'd expect. Hamil- a really Hamilton guy. Out of oh, that Hamilton yep. program's loaded. Like I'm jealous of our, our Arizona guys for getting to get an opportunity to watch those guys for sure. But um, really loose, projectable, smooth athlete. Um, you can tell there's a lot of upside there. And then um, Ryan Kucherik, or is it Kucherik? One of the two. Um, I don't know which one it is, but another one of those guys who athleticism really stuck out um, in the middle of the diamond there. Another Hamilton guy. <laughs> I mean, and God. another LSU guy. Another LSU guy. Like it's uh Man, I don't know if Jay Johnson sleeps. Uh, you know, he was out there grinding at area code and confirmed. Uh, he does not during area code. I mean, geez, there's just like they've got a type or, or they know what they like and what they look for. And it you know, it turns out to be just really, really good baseball players. So um it was really fun to watch that Arizona group. And they had some Colorado guys uh mixing there as well. Uh, moving up to the Pacific Northwest with the Kansas City Royals. 
Um, sticking with the infielder theme, Addison Smith, uh, who's from Missouri, committed to Oklahoma State, switch hitter. Um, I, I I really like the way he looked in terms of his skill, both offensively um, and defensively. And I think this team, like, they had a lot of quality catching. Um, you know, Cooper yeah. Jones, a catcher from from Richland and Washington, um, he put the barrel on the ball about as often as anybody um, in this event. Um, Carson Olin, who caught some innings, had a really loud um, couple of ABs as well. Nick English was one of my favorite receivers of the baseball uh, among those catchers at the events. Just a fun team to watch them catch. Uh, also a FOMO team for me because I didn't get to see Noble Meyer pitch. He pitched that first day before I got there, and uh, he it apparently was extremely good. This is going to be a guy that's in that mix as one of the top prep right-handed pitchers um, in the nation for the upcoming draft there. But uh, a fun team to watch and some guys that eventually also showed their power as the event went on. Yeah, a couple guys that I marked down from the Royals. Uh, a fun one, uh, pitcher from Idaho committed to UTSA, Robert, yeah, how about Robert that? Orlowski. Uh, I thought he held his own really well. Um, I liked what I saw from him. There's a lot to dream on there, uh, a lot of upside with him. Uh, Paul Wilson, this, we talked about this stat, (laughs) (laughs) Oregon, Oregon state commit from Lake Ridge, Oregon, um, and Lake Oswego. Um, I always remember Oswego because those are, that is always on a lot of the Nike shoes. Um, but from my childhood, I want to say, um, but so came across this stat on Paul in his high school season on a team that I I'm not sure if they won the state championship, but I know they were ranked number one at some point. He struck out 155 out of 195 outs recorded. And I, I don't think I've ever heard anything that impressive. No, I haven't as either. As far as a high school stat. but Even Justin was, Lampkin has to clap at that. That's, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought he threw the ball well. Uh, there's a lot there. Uh, Max Martin hit a home run, Oregon commit. Yeah. Um, Garrett Cooper, uh, outfielder, Washington State commit from Silverdale, Washington. Um, two doubles in one of the games that we saw of his. So uh, impressive performance by him. But, but yeah, it's, it, it's fun to see these kids from all different parts of the country uh, come to an event like this. And those were just some of the ones. We didn't get to see them as much as some of the other teams. Ryan Cooney, uh, Oregon commit. A lot of Oregon commits. Yeah. Um, like we talked about last time, too, you see these coaches that zone in on, you know, some of them are national and recruit literally everywhere. And some mm-hmm. of them have these little pockets of guys that they're really successful. But Mark Wazikowski was out there the whole time, um, sitting front and center, making sure that he was seen. Um, and it and it shows because he had a lot of commits playing in this event and he didn't miss a single pitch. Um, so he was locked in and getting to see a bunch of his guys perform out there. Yeah, I think another one of those guys, I think Tommy Molesky is an Oregon guy too, but um, definitely one of the better hitters that I saw during the event. And a couple other pitchers, Bjorn Johnson could really just flat out pitch. A uh, ton of strikes, uh, hard breaking ball. One of my favorite lefties that just got out there and really executed. Uh, Spencer Green, a big righty that just threw bowling balls. Um, just impressive stuff on the mound there. Uh, but yeah, fun group. Yeah, uh, you know, Paul Wilson definitely had one of the better sliders that I saw. His, his fastball control was touch and go, and um, it made it made what uh, Kevin McGonigal did <laughs> more impressive when you consider that he got into the box um, leading off for the Yankees, 
and he's facing Paul Wilson in a left-on-left matchup, and he gets a hard fastball and smacks it over the right center wall. wall. It was like, it was probably the ultimate whoa moment, uh, maybe the entire event when you consider who was on the mound, who was hitting, um, and that was the basically the first pitch of the game there. But uh, Paul Wilson, yeah, good luck to those high school hitters next year because um, I have a feeling that he's <laughs> if you're he's totally, if you're one of the forty that that yeah imagine imagine like imagine like getting off the bus in Washington during like March and you just like oh we got to face Paul Wilson tonight like. Like, can I just go grab a heater somewhere and and, and sit this one out? Um, I, I just imagine that's a that's quite the task uh, for those guys in that district for sure. So a lot of really good baseball played in the state of Washington, and it's no surprise in, in Pacific Northwest Oregon too. It's no surprise that Oregon and Oregon State just always have a lot of talent because that that Royals team certainly had it. Uh, moving over to the Chicago White Sox, um, probably had the most famous player in the event, Max Clark, um, committed to Vanderbilt, an outfielder, um, a lot of tools, um, can run. I had him at like four, one, four, two down the line routinely, um, can throw, uh, really strong hands and wrists, uh, put the ball in play routinely. He hit a ball that barely got off the ground on the line. It was a rocket and the shortstop was kind of, his view was blocked just enough by the umpire that he didn't quite see the ball off the bat. I mean, they went zooming by his head. It was it was kind of a scary moment. Thankfully, he didn't hit him because he just didn't see it. It didn't help that it was just screaming to the left center wall. Uh, we got that's something we got on video. I think it's both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, turned that into a triple. Um, you know, certainly lived up to to the billing as one of the guys that's going to be one of the most heavily scouted outfielders in the country. But um, I thought Dylan Head was right up there too. I really liked yeah, Dylan Head. Three point eight six down the line. Really tracked. Uh, the ball well in center field. He almost robbed Deuce Robinson of a triple with just a full extension grab that just tipped off his glove. Uh, put the ball in play. Just really, really exciting tools and upside. Uh, I think he's definitely got a chance to be one of the the top prep outfielders um, in the country for the upcoming draft. But, um, you know, these guys just had – we talked about the, the Brewers being physical. The White Sox just had so many – big arms i mean i just felt mm-hmm. like everybody they rolled out there was six four talk or taller parker detmers younger brother of reed detmers good breaking balls running the family because his curveball was a standout and he threw really hard as well ryan harahill who's heading to nebraska is up to 94 miles an hour reston rouse who's six seven heading to arkansas state excuse me oklahoma state um threw well uh good shape to the breaking ball fastball played up uh, Mitchell Dean was, had seven strikeouts, I believe, and was up to 93 miles an hour. I mean, this team just had arms for day. Cole Selvig, who's committed to Texas, was up, his slider was up to 83. Shea Witt was up to 95. I mean, just a ton of arms. Um, Dylan Kustad, uh, who's another FOMO guy for me, but I had a scout tell me that he was up to 97. <laughs> so he was the most, he was the most valuable pitcher. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Star that one is a guy that's got a chance to be the top prep right-handed pitcher in the country um, this upcoming uh, upcoming season. But just big, hard-throwing, physical arms for day on this Midwest uh, Chicago White Sox team. Yeah, Colin Barksy, Vanderbilt commit, had one of the hardest-hit balls. He smoked a home run. Um, one of the hardest balls we had seen hit to that point. Jackson Willett, son of Reggie Willett's OU coach. Jackson's going to OU like his dad. Um one of the most advanced players I think yep. we saw just a, yep. you know, dad is a big leaguer. Dad's a coach. He's got a, a, 
a very advanced feel for the game. He was fun to talk to. We got a good interview with him, but he's a good one if he ends up at OU. Uh, Zion Rose had a four-hit game. Um, and Going back to Dylan Head, one of the most fun players to watch at the event. But, yeah, they were a fun physical team, and there was a lot of power and a lot of velocity with that. Group. Yeah. Speaking of power, uh, Colin Barcy or Barzi, um, not only – like, he threw out Kendall George. Like, he caught Kendall George stealing, which is one of the uh, the feats of the event. Uh, he also hit a mammoth home run. Uh, really exciting catcher prospect because there's some hitting there. There's some definite power there that's already shown in games, and there's some real arm strength and some catch and throw skill uh, behind, the, behind the plate as well. So really, really exciting player on that Chicago White Sox team. Um, and we'll wrap it up with the New York Yankees kind of collection of the Northeast. I, I mentioned Kevin McGonagall. Uh, just I, in addition to the homer, he plays with such a competitive energy. And it's not like in your face, over the top, like, you know, outlandish. It's like he kind of plays with like a football-like twitch and bounce and energy and, and, and mindset to what he does. Top step guy. Super encouraging of his teammates, always talking in the game, always kind of flying around, um, just looked like he eats, breathes, and sleeps baseball, and uh, just looks like a kind of guy that um, that you want to play with, that not only do you want on your team, but you want to play with um, as well. So it really stand out there at the bat. And then Cal Fisher, uh, Notre Dame commitment, probably if we were tracking barrels – at the event, he probably led everybody. I mean, they're just rockets flying off his bat. Opposite Seven way, hits. gaps. I mean, just driving the baseball with authority. Great-looking right-handed swing. Got on time. Recognized spin. Um, not much whiff to what he was doing. Um, had some really intriguing defensive skill as well. Definitely, you know, I talked about Wattis earlier. This was the other guy that I think from the position player standpoint probably helped himself the most of anybody in the event was Cal Fisher. Just a really, really big-time standout performance by him. Yeah, I enjoyed seeing Texas A&M commit Brett Antelik from Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. throw. Um, You know, one of those big balls of clay that Nate Yeski loves. I mean, you can only imagine what he's going to look like in a couple years with Nate. Uh, And he has a knuckleball in the arsenal. Yes. Um, so he had a good interview with him and got to hear a little bit about that pitch for, for Brett. Uh, Miles Naylor, Texas Tech commit from Canada. Um, one of the more advanced hitters I thought we saw over uh-huh. the whole week. And then uh, Matt Conte, uh, Wake Forest commit, led the event with seven RBIs, hit a home run as well. And he's um, a 2024. Yeah. So, I mean, doesn't look like it. No, he does not. He's a catcher from the Dexter School in Brookline, Massachusetts. Um, but, man, just really impressive showing for him. Um, and like you said, they, they had some guys that could really swing the bat. Yeah, yeah, definitely a team that with the, with the sticks really stood out as much as anybody. A um, couple of left-handed hitters, Chris Diaz um, and Luca Reyes both. I know Luca Reyes for sure had a homer. I think Chris Diaz did too. And those guys don't get cheated when they get in there. They unleash the bat speed with the, those kind of those picturesque left-handed swings that have that little vertical element to them to kind of lift and drive the baseball. Javar Williams really covered ground well defensively um, in center field. And then Sam Stafura was kind of their version of Jackson Willits, I thought. Just a very yeah. advanced, skilled, slow heartbeat player. And he actually got down the line at 4.26. I really liked him at shortstop. 
um, you know, kind of like, like Willits. It was like very smooth and easy. Um, there's some arm in there. They don't have to show it all the time because their, their transfers and their actions are so quick. Um, he also played a lot of center field as well, but, um, you know, really guy that stood out and, uh, and James Elwinger, um, from Texas, big righty committed to DBU, um, busted out the changeup. Um, I, I'd never seen or heard of him throw a changeup before, uh, but he showed that he's got that in his arsenal as well. So, uh, the Yankees team was certainly, uh, certainly fun to watch and, uh, man, that that does it for the upper class. Um, Allison, eight, we've got some four, names four, for yeah. you. I got two oh, pages front I, and back. We're, we're making up for we're making up for uh, not recording since uh, August fourth. So uh, we're making up for lost time. But but such a such a fun event. We had a blast. Uh, it just just there's there's no escaping the competition, the talent level on that stage. Everybody is good. It's one of the reasons why I've always wanted to go cover it because you don't always get that in baseball. You know, you can watch guys like, yeah, but man, I don't know for sure if he can time 94 miles an hour or yeah, I think this guy's stuff is really good, but what does it look like against a great pitcher? What's the speed of the game look like for this infielder when he gets out there on the dirt and things are moving quick and there's a lot more talent and skill on the field. So um, it was everything I I hoped it could be. Um, We had a blast. Um, before we get into some of these, these commitments, before we wrap up here and, you know, like Drew said earlier, we'll do another episode, uh, on the, on the underclass guys. So we're going to dedicate an entire episode, um, to those players spend a lot of times talking about the Texas Rangers players who, man, super impressed with that group and that roster. Um, really excited to talk about those guys in the future. But, um, before we get to some of the recent commitments there, food, we got to talk about food. We yeah. ate, we ate well. What was your favorite what was your favorite food item um, at, um, at so, the event or at the during so, the week? During the week, one of the best restaurants I've ever eaten in my life. Uh, and I'm sorry that you were already gone for this Oh, one. no. Um, you got the Italian meal I was dreaming of. Yeah. I'm not joking when I tell you that the pasta that I had at Barbusa uh-huh. was the best I've ever eaten in my life. Um but awesome place down in little Italy went there with my sister-in-law Shelby, who was an awesome host all week. Um, But we got to try some of the best spots in San Diego. I thought, but that one topped them all. Uh, I had this like pasta carbonara, um, which wasn't something I would normally order, but I saw the people at the table next to me have it. And I was like, man, I got to try that. And shout (laughs) out from recommendations to our extreme coach at Texas, Matt couch. One of my, one of my best friends, um, he lived in little Italy, actually catty corner to the place Queenstown that you and I ate, man, uh, the night before. That. Yeah. But man, Barbusa, I mean, like my sister-in-law had gnocchi, um, and like, this sounds like an exaggeration, but the best garlic bread I've ever had. I mean, I, I think if I would have eaten there early in the week, I would have rearranged my plans to eat there several times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. Um, so anybody that goes to San Diego, that's going to be the place that I suggest above all else. Um, but what a cool place. Um, I'm usually someone that eats dinner at 4.30, 5 o'clock. So out of my comfort zone all week, eating like after 9 o'clock on the West Coast, on West Coast time. So, but man, I might have been delirious, but it was no doubt the best 
pasta I've ever had in my life. Man, so, well now go. now when we go back, I've got I've got to make sure I get there for sure. I texted you the night because my hotel was near there that I walked by. I was like, man, your place is popping. Had the had yeah. the biggest line, had the best energy. I was like, it must be it must be legit because everybody was was there for sure. But um, yeah, it, some of the best stuff I had the uh, what was it the JVs where we got the the burritos. Yep. Yep. Like nothing extravagant about the burrito but it was all just i got the california style because you know when in rome um really good like every bite just had a different flavor profile and texture and like i don't know what they did with the cheese it was like queso but it wasn't queso and then fresh guacamole and stuff like that like it, it was massive i mean it was it was bigger than my entire forearm i mean it's a huge huge burrito um Queensland burger, legit. Um, yep. One of the best pretzels I've ever had. You know, and they had yeah. this like ha- jalapeno cheese that dip. pretzel. No, we could. I mean, it's a common theme. Like I've tried to been better yeah. about overeating, but like, oh man, that that pretzel was massive. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of we, what else. Oh, Mitch's the seafood. Like, yep. you talk about authentic seafood. Like you park over there and it's like, Oh, this is where people go out and catch stuff and bring it back and like, you know, eat it. Um, the, I got the seafood platter. It's kind of a sample of everything. And the fish, the cod, the fried fish, uh, it was, it was some of the best fried fish that I've ever had for sure. Um, and then what was the other, was it the crack house? Uh, the chicken place. Is that what it was called? Crack shack. Crack shack. <laughs> Ah, close enough um no i'm i'm not i'm not making reference to uh to san diego where, where you can find some some needles in some points i did not get into any trouble there but um chicken was was really really good but the standout i thought were the the biscuits the biscuits were incredible the biscuits we went back and ordered more biscuits um and they had that like what was that kind of sauce they had with honey butter yeah, the honey butter dipping sauce with the biscuits were woof. I'm not typically like a big bread guy, you know. I, for a while, I didn't eat bread, um, but man, those biscuits! I will think about those biscuits uh, for sure. And the chicken was was no slouch at all. Like the way they did the fried chicken was really really good. So uh, we certainly ate um, extremely well. And then we also went to a Padres game where Drew made, did more eating <laughs> and cost us missing. Juan Soto's first homer with the Padres, which went down the concourse by the ice cream cookie place we were waiting in line for. And the sad thing is I texted my friend before the game, Soto's going deep tonight because Alex Cobb is on the mound and he throws the split finger. And it's just that type of pitcher with Soto and his swing and his ability, like he's going to get one. And sure enough, he did. Uh, But that wasn't all. You know, you also missed a Manny Machado walk-off homer um in, in hey, the bottom of the ninth inning after josh my, Hader blew a 4-1 lead okay all right my let's back my sister-in-law had works at six o'clock the next morning i had i left my house at two at 3 a.m oh, yeah, that day good. to get out yeah. there but yeah i know i missed all the good parts about that game but what an awesome vibe out there great stadium good food um, a lot of fun, a lot of fun yeah. there. Yeah, certainly Petco is, is at a, as advertised for sure. But, um, that was, that was a lot of, a lot of fun as well. Um, but yeah, before I wrap up here, let's get to, I mean, I feel like there's been like a flurry of 
big commitments um yeah recently um and we're certainly going to forget some of them because we just were you know spending 12 13 14 hours um at usd watching all the, the area code stuff and traveling back and forth but uh who do you want to start with on the commit side i've got a few written gonna, down i okay i know you've let got me, a ton let me rattle mine off and then let's see who you didn't get okay all right so diego diaz UTSA out of Sherryland. Yeah, big fan of that one. Plays with the South Texas Sliders. Michael Catalano just committed to OU, I think it was today, out of Frisco, Dulin's Dodgers. Yep. Zane Becker, Arkansas, Flower Mound and with the Sticks. Big catch Michael, and throw guy. Michael Herndon, Baylor, Concordia mm-hmm. Lutheran, Marucci. Uh, Mattingly standout. The, the water moccasin himself, uh, <laughs> Steven Sepulveda. Uh, another Baylor commit out of uh-huh. El Paso Americas, um, Marucci guy, Jackson Brousseau, Texas A&M out of mm-hmm. North Lamar High School at 12, Clayton Freshcorn, one of your favorites, McLennan out of Waller, uh, 12, Cade Smith, New Mexico Junior College, Churchill mm-hmm. with the sliders. We saw him. A lot of upside there. He's um, going to throw really body, hard. Going to throw really hard. Um, yep. So good get for Coach Robbins out there. Jackson Elizondo, Baylor commits, Smithson Valley, plays for GBS. Lane Hayworth, this guy's a, a gamer. I just love watching him play on that Hebron team uh, going to Wichita State. That Hebron team's going to be loaded next year. Hey, and I heard yesterday that the So brothers are transferring back to Hebron. Whoa! I, I, I think it's both of them. I'm not positive, but I heard that little rumor yesterday. Pitching for days on that staff. Lane's another sticks guy. Austin Dozal, uh, Texas State Grand's o- Grand Oaks out of Houston with the Heat. Yep. Dawson Park, Texas State. Magnolia yep. West with the Heat. Um, shout out to uh, to Coach Blakely there for stealing all the guys off of our academic team. Yeah, uh, come on, Coach. Man. Yeah. Braden Hatley, a huge get for Cal Hernandez at Grayson uh, out of Timber Creek High School, uh, the Impact Baseball Club. Jonathan Van Eerden, TCU commit out of Allen, the Doolin Dodgers, Brett Smostrela, Sam Houston. Smash. Big time, big time at one of our events out of Pearland in the Houston A's. Uh, Colin Sloan, one of our academic guys that got stolen uh, from Yale, or committed to Yale out of straight Jesuit, one another 12 guy. Uh, Jordan Ballin, Ballin, is that what uh-huh. Jordan Ballin, another UTSA get for the Roadrunners. Coach Aguayo, mm-hmm. uh, champion high school out of Bernie, plays with the Angels Baseball Club. Jacob Goldston, uh, OU commit from Flower Mound with the Sticks. Tyler Garitano, Texas State, Bernie, 12. Mason Green, Baylor, Cy Woods, Hunter Pence, and Braylon Mitchell, another Texas State guy for Cy Creek. And place for premiere. So man, you the got ones. them all. You got them That's, all. You've got all oh, the ones I I wrote down for sure. Um, yeah, you know, well, it, like a lot of great work being done by these staffs. Um, man, you know, Texas yes. State's been scorching hot with yep. a lot of like my like personal favorites. Um, you know, Braylon Mitchell, I think, is going to be a monster in that twenty four class. He's had um, a good summer. Yeah. And, you know, Baylor, I feel like they've done a lot of great work. Like Mason Green is a guy that I think if if what he was doing now would have happened three months ago, Mm -hmm. I think he would have had a chance to be in that area code conversation just from what he's doing with the left side uh, with this changeup and the way he's performing. 
So it's clear Baylor's getting out. I mean, we saw Mitch Thompson a ton at area code. Um, Baylor's getting out and, and getting on the on the road and seeing some guys and, and really um, getting some good commits. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited to see, like, so many of our Mattingly standouts are are getting commitments now. You know, the Marucci yeah. guys, you know, we talked about how well those Marucci teams played in, in the Mattingly. And sure enough, a lot of those guys, and there's going to be many more to come, um, are commit making some big time commitments there. And uh, you mentioned UTSA, like Diaz and Ballin, like can really run. Um, there's a lot of athleticism there. I mean, it, it's clear that UTSA values certain things, and I think those guys check a lot of those boxers for them. And then you mentioned, da- I mean, Dawson Park's been a favorite of mine for years. I feel like I've mentioned him in scout notes like nine times over the course. Um, and then Becker, man, the SEC likes to come down to Texas to get their catchers. Um, because yeah. you know, Flower Mound. I mean, I feel like it was like commitment week at Flower Mound. They had a lot of guys uh making some big commitments there, but um a lot of it, it's cool because these are a lot of guys that we just saw. So you got like kind of a fresh look, and it helps like it's clear like what we were seeing is what colleges were seeing too. So it's always nice to kind of have that reinforcement of all right, yeah, we thought these guys were really good too. You know, so did you, and you're grabbing their commitment, but um just goes to show you you Playing five tool events, get amazing coverage. People show up and watch you, and, and sure enough, you know you get some really, really exciting opportunities uh, to can you p- continue playing your baseball career. But a lot of great commitments. Uh, but we've certainly rambled on long enough uh, talking about area code. But uh, I hope you guys could uh, could hear the the uh, excitement and energy in our voices because we had a blast being out there. Um, definitely, that sun will take it out of you. Uh, especially when you go, um, well, I think it was six days in a row for me, uh, being out there, but we had a blast. Um, hopefully we can continue to make that just kind of a yearly thing heading out there and covering the event, not just the Texas players, but getting a chance to see, you know, a lot of the Arizona guys, the California guys, some of these other guys that play in our five tool events outside the state of Texas was certainly uh, fun to see and cover those guys as well. But, um, you got anything to wrap us up or should we, should we get out of here? I think let's get out of here before Allison quits. Yeah. Um, because this list of names. This might be a record. This, this, this might be a record. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, this, Allison. Yeah, um, this, we've this been saving be these up for you. So, yeah. Let's end yeah. Well, I don't think the underclass will be quite as many, but it'll still be a lot as well. So, well, that wraps up, wraps us up for uh, episode 77. Uh, you can follow the podcast at 5 Tool Pod both on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, all the amazing coverage that we've been doing at five tool, all the area code stuff that we did, the errors or the, excuse me, the, the West world series out in California, which was our last five tool event of the summer. Uh, just great stuff constantly on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. make sure you're following all that. And uh, well, thanks for tuning in uh, until we talk to y'all next time. We'll talk about the, uh, the underclass area code um, next time we talk to y'all. So have a good week. Stay cool. Take care.